Welcome to Sustainability Scores, the podcast for research analysts who wants to unlock insights from corporate sustainability data. I'm your host, Vikram Shetty. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Lale, to talk about corporate SDG uptake. Lale, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. For folks who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm a senior sustainability consultant based in Denmark, Copenhagen, and uh, I worked in the climate change field as well. Uh, I was an official negotiator for the UNFCCC for eight years, leading up to the Paris Agreement. And uh, I also had the chance to work at the OECD in Paris, uh, as well as the EU's uh, European Environment Agency, Copenhagen. Uh, there, I served as the SDG project manager, and I contributed to the second and the third Eurostat SDG progress reports as an expert advisor. Uh, recently, I helped uh, FAO's newly established Office of SDGs to um, establish and strategize their work plans and their roles in the UN system and beyond. Um, I also contributed to one of the UN's environmental outlook reports uh, to be published uh, later next year. And I also started to lead the Copenhagen Hub to represent the uh, Systems Innovation Network, a global community of systems innovators. Great. So my first question to you is, what is the importance of sustainability performance reporting for corporations? Um, it is extremely important and uh, growingly also um, important in um, two dimensions, Vikram. One is the pressure of the um, consumers and their uh, value chain customers, as well as their investors, um, because there is a growing um, impetus towards uh, sustainability products and services, as we all know. Uh, the second dimension is the business opportunities for corporations um, with uh, the sustainability actions a corporation could disclose and communicate would um, ultimately impact their um, you know access to new markets uh, expansion of their you know already existing markets as well as um, you know securing new investments also um, creating um, consumer loyalty uh, this is um, pretty you know evident from the recent research uh, done in this um, topic. For example, let me give you um, one of the research findings uh, by the uh, KPMG Global Sustainability Report Trends from this year, uh, which shows that 71% of global consumers now uh, wish to opt for um, sustainable products. And they wish to make... Um, changes in their style and um, purchasing uh, choices towards uh, sustainability. Uh, the same report also shows that um, the corporations are globally are on board with this trend, um, whereas the top 250 companies, corporations in the world, uh, they, um, you know, um, dominantly uh, have started uh, reporting on uh, their sustainability performances. And uh, the, the statistics for that show us uh, a, a ratio of 96%, which is, you know, extraordinary. So everybody seemed to be on board. And then I think um, 
2015 is uh, one of the most historical, you know, um, time stamps uh, of this trend. Absolutely. And not only because the United Nations, uh, you know, Global Agenda on Sustainable Development and its 17 SDGs were uh, adopted in 2015, but also um, the corporations, the globe, you know, the, the industries, the businesses were um, pretty much already on board with that, you know, um, catching up with the sustainability transformations. Uh, the, I'm saying that because um, from that year, actually, there is a report called, um, uh, sorry, there's a report by the United Nations Global Compact and Accenture, which shows that uh, 80% of the, you know, sea uh, level executives um, really considered the importance of uh, incorporating and in integrating their business uh, models and strategies with the sustainability uh, agendas. So, um, you know, um, in that uh, quite accommodating and uh, relatively stable um, business and policy environment, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals were adopted, uh, you know, unanimously by 193 countries. Great. So, Based on the follow-up on this for SDG, how do you see SDG as a tool or an anchor? Uh, good question, Vikram. Um, SDGs are um, considered as a tool and anchor by the corporations in varying degrees in the last seven years of the history of the SDGs, I must say. So what we see is in the beginning, um, the SDGs were not taken on board, um, you know, from the get-go by the corporations. And it was, you know, most of the businesses, uh, you know, companies were relatively reluctant to the idea, uh, especially those who already have well-established uh, sustainability performance reporting. And uh, they, you know, they were not sure if it's another acronym of, you know, CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility Reporting, or ESG, Environment Social Governance, right? right. So, um, therefore, the reluctance, um, you know, uh, was seen in the first few years of the SDGs, uh, the agenda. Uh, then, uh, thanks to the, you know, um, very well, I think, branded and, um, you know, well-managed uh, uh, effort of the UN and uh, the governments uh, alike, uh, it really um, took off. And, and we see that after 2017, especially. Yeah. So um, then um, many companies started to see the business opportunity in the SDGs and uh, starting to incorporate, integrate uh, the SDG reference in their sustainability um, reporting. So this is, the, this is something that I can uh, talk about in general, but of course my experience uh, with SDG uh, policies, policy coherence and other technical terms such as, you know, monitoring and you know, uh, SDG indicators, so on and so forth, they are based on, uh, Europe, right. uh, in particular, as the case. So although I have this, um, you know, uh, overall knowledge about how the SDG, uh, corporate SDG uptake is going on around the globe, uh, I can only um, talk in more detail uh, about the European case. Of that, 
that nicely leads to my follow up question uh, that would be what is the impact of sdg especially in the eu region and for the european company yes um let me begin uh, with uh, how the um, you know eu involvement um you know came about in the making of the sdgs in the designing of sdgs and what is the the region's overall uptake of this um to start with the first one uh you know it is common knowledge that the eu was one of the you know elemental uh, players and role models in uh, designing and establishing the un uh, sustainability uh, sustainable development agenda and the sdgs so they were quite elemental also in the um the 196 targets and the you know 232 indicators So there was a lot of uh, EU contribution to the process, and of course, um, you know, um, organically after the adoption of the SDGs, the EU was also uh, played as a role model and a flag carrier of the SDG agenda, and they, you know, uh, consistently and strongly um, declared their commitment to the uh, implementation. Uh, on its uh, achievement of the agenda and they also um you know did uh commit you know their best in my opinion to make it more actionable through their um regulations and legislations um especially after you know the the most recent european commission um they put the sdgs in the core of their um you know entire um policy agenda and um, and initiatives uh, including the european green deal you probably heard yes. and the accompanying you know regulations and directives and legislations which uh, maybe we might have the time to dig a little deeper later on in our conversation absolutely um, and yeah go ahead yeah so Before we just move on, can you want to explain to the listener who have not known about it, which is very, uh, I would be surprised if they are not. But uh, what is so special about the European Green? Oh, the European Green Deal is uh, definitely the, you know, the, um, you know, the str- very ambitious, strong, and transformative uh, pathway towards uh, making that, you know, making the commitments into actions. and also reaching the climate targets of the eu um as you know um now there is a eu climate law and an updated uh, climate target of 55% uh, greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 which also correlates with the you know sdg horizon and also eu has the ambition to become the first climate neutral continent or region in the world by 2050 therefore the european green deal is the uh, i think the locom- locomotive or the, the 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 you know the major um enabler uh, of uh, achieving these goals and uh, in that sense is very very um special and i think it's a uh, you know a trailblazer across the world uh, because eu means business through the european green deal if you will. 
I'm saying that because I think um, the sustainability agenda uh, often runs the risk of greenwashing. And the European Green Deal and, uh, you know, accompanying initiatives and regulations, they uh, really, you know, um, cut through the greenwashing and make all the stakeholders, all the, um, the, the actors at play accountable and transparent in their sustainability activities, actions and claims. So I think in that sense, it's very important. It's it's very special. And uh, the, the strong standardization and regulation of it is something much needed in the sustainability transformation across the globe. And how does it change the EU corporate sustainability reporting? Um, well, it has changed just recently and it will continue to change in uh, in, in, in other um you know, um, what they call it, increments in the coming years, um, two of which really sticks out as the most important developments. One of them is the EU taxonomy on sustainable finance for financial disclosures. And so this is a classification system to identify what constitutes a sustainability business activity. And that's uh, extremely important. And it uh, actually, I had the, you know, chance to contribute to the uh, technical expert group on um, sustainable finance in the European Commission, uh, also known as TEG. So I had the chance to contribute to that process uh, uh, from its initiation until 2020. And uh, in 2019, it was actually uh, adopted. And the EU taxonomy is really the first, you know, very, um, uh, you know, um, how to put it, very strict and very ambitious step towards avoiding greenwashing. And also it has the ambition to uh, redirect capital investment to sustainable businesses and sustainable business activities. Uh, therefore, it needs to be airtight. Okay. Uh, hence the, um, the classification system. Now in the EU taxonomy, there are 170 sustainable activities listed based on six categories and three criteria. Um, I don't know if it's too technical to go deeper into the um, the categories and criteria, but the criteria I think will be the quickest to list perhaps. Um, one of which uh, the, those three criteria are, are mandatory um, for the companies that are you know mandated by the EU taxonomy. Um, one of which is um, making a substantial contribution to one of the six environmental objectives of you know uh, the eu the other one is uh, do no significant harm to the other objectives of the eu and also uh, meeting the minimum uh, social safe safeguards that were defined by the oecd and the un uh, human rights and uh, business um, you know from um, regulations, right? Uh, guidance, sorry, guidance. Um, so this is the EU taxonomy. And just recent, uh, another recent and very major development occurred in this uh, EU, you know, European sustainable landscape is the adoption of a new directive called uh, European Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. And actually, uh, funny enough, it had the latest, you know, it passed the final test uh, from the European Council just yesterday. 
wow. had the green light. So it will be, yes, entered into force once it's published in the official journal. And um, and the the um, you know large companies as well as some listed SMEs uh, will be tasked to report to the European Union on their sustainability matters, which will change everything because it also changed the 2014 Sustainability Non-Disclosure Accounting uh, Directive um, of the EU. Therefore, it really, really airtights and seals, I think, and pu puts uh, the corporations in um, in the, in a great greater responsibility um, to really do their fair share uh, to achieve the sustainability transformations in Europe. That sounds really amazing. I'm looking forward to how it will impact the overall region, especially. Uh, great, thanks for sharing it. Uh, so what would be a good practice for European companies now going forward for SDG reporting? Um, well, um, good practices are um, abound uh, when we look at the EU. Of course, there are a lot of challenges and uh, bad practices and struggles on the way, uh, as it you know, as it is in everything in the world, I guess. But um, I will be a little bit uh, subjective here. <laughs> And I will uh, talk um, about um, the country which I'm based, Denmark, and how the Danish corporations and the business, the industry, uh, you know, has the, you know, what level of uptake they had on SDGs. So um, before I, you know, delve deeper into that, I would like to set, set the stage on how Denmark, you know, fares. Um, among other countries on SDG action and um and you know as you know as being the pattern for the you know quite some time now Denmark is among the top three and this year it's top two Congrats. yes in the global yes uh, SDG progress report right by um I'm, I'm quoting it from the SDSN sustainable development social network mandated by the United Nations for that right so um, the Danish companies also went through, I think, um, the the same trials and tribulations as to the um, the you know tangible uptake of the SDGs. So in the you know first couple of years, it was you know the pros and cons, what kind of gains or costs we would have if we you know. Uh, integrate SDGs in our sustainable reporting, what should we do? So it was uh, mostly a time of testing the waters, if you will. But then, um, you know, gradually and with the um, encouragement and guidance of the, um, you know, Danish industry, um, the Confederation of Danish Industry, um, in collaboration with some universities, actually, uh, the Copenhagen Business uh, School, uh, to be precise, as well as uh, some of the UN agencies and also the several ministries of the Danish government, they really joined forces to guide and support the Danish, uh, you know, big, large corporations or even uh, small companies to uh, familiarize themselves with the SDG agenda and um, navigate through that landscape and see the you know business opportunities and benefits as to integrating the SDGs in their business strategies and models. So um, for that, I can give a you know a concrete example actually a case a case study which I find quite a good 
quite quite a good example is the um, Danish uh, Industry Confederations um, turning the SDGs into business opportunities uh, project uh, that lasted between 2018 and 2020. In that project, uh, there were 20 companies involved, and then um, the project helped those countries to make sense of what the SDGs entails how they can see the benefits of it, what are the costs that will be incurred to them, and what are the opportunities. And it will be some kind of also, it also led to some um, nice, uh, you know, um, assessments and, um, you know, uh, research research, uh, outcomes, which shows us that um, many uh, companies um, were, you know, already ready and willing to engage in this new you know global agenda as the global agenda you know started to um you know um, gain traction right so in the beginning as we said in uh, earlier in the beginning that just like in the you know in parallel with the global development and uptake of the SDG agenda the more the SDGs gain traction and visibility as a global uh, holistic solution to the global challenges and you know um um yeah global challenges then the danish companies were started to uh, warm up to the idea that they can also integrate their activities to the SDGs and then um, they really did, uh, you know, took it seriously and tried to really, you know, make it uh, fully integrated into their, um, you know, strategies and, um, you know, uh, workings. The interesting results of this exercise is actually that um, in the beginning, this uh, the the preconception of the SDGs being uh, something that uh, you know a multinational corporation or a very large company would go pursue and you know really have an impact and visibility and a mark you know the bigger marketing and branding option um, opportunities right and it's not so much for the SMEs you know micro company actually this exercise proved exactly the opposite so the large companies didn't benefit much from integrating the SDGs into their business model. Strange enough. And I will get back to you as to why that was the case. But when the SMEs integrated, you know, made the full integration to SDGs, it transformed their entire business model. Wow. This is really fascinating. And I think it, 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 you know, um, one uh, should bear in mind, um, you know, as to the reasons and what le- has led to the leverages and then what has led to this result. Um, the, you know, takeaway uh, was given by the, you know, the uh, leaders of this project to us. So we don't have to, you know, interpret ourselves. First, for SMEs, they were not very well, well-versed in the sustainability reporting, right? Right. So once the SDGs were their core models, then sustainability entered into the picture big time. Okay. Therefore, they really transformed their way of thinking, strategizing, marketing. Plus, SDGs, being a global brand, also 
you know, really boosted their visibility and, you know, really um, increased their um, competitive advantage. Right. You know, compared it's, to others. It's like piggybacking on the larger brand because they were an SME. And plus, they, they got an extension on exposure of what's already the awareness has been spread in the worldwide. And so that, that gets their first attention towards whatever their products and services are. And that leads to even do. Yes, precisely. Wow. That's not precisely happened to them. As for the large companies, large companies were all already on board with sustainable reporting with GRIs and all kind of, you know, SPI, all kind of different sustainability standards. So it was actually some kind of a, like a side side project for them. And it didn't do them no like not much um, you know sadly and it didn't do them too much difference. Of course, it did make them a lot of uh, brought about a lot of um, you know new um, you know areas of sustainability because SDGs is a holistic you right. know uh, approach. Uh, yet they didn't see um, you know radical benefits only incremental benefit right because of the size right because they're yeah. already so big and that the margin yeah. was not significant enough for their in terms of indeed indeed that's true also some companies um you know it, it also depends on what the overall economics uh, you know the economy economic stability is like um so it also varies in time for instance uh, some companies um you know halted or even stopped integrating sdgs once the inflation rates got higher or there's a financial crunch in their you know value chain as such because it also comes in you know um some some level of marginal cost right yeah um that happened but also some companies found the you know the uh, the you know results to access new markets and new partnerships and new stakeholders and you know the building of their you know improving and building their dialogues with their stakeholders and uh, as well as their customers and consumers to the extent that they never imagined they never expected in the beginning so it, it's really mixed results and i think it depends on the time and the size of a company and um you know, and also um, how much also, sorry, forgot to mention, but also how much uh, the SDG is, you know, coherently integrated across the, uh, you know, the organization of a company. So one um, quite common pitfall is that the top tier management uh, really values uh, to, you know, um, to push on the SDG agenda, whereas the middle management or, you know, the operational level, there's no awareness and no motivation to do so. So there shouldn't be, so to, to you know, the only way to salvage this is there needs to be a continuous and solid, um, you know, connection and communication between the top tier and even the operational employee level um, common understanding and common ambition around this, it can't be fragmented. 
it won't work otherwise. Perhaps also I'm thinking now, like thinking loudly, perhaps this could be one of the other reasons why large companies struggled to make make an impact through Maybe. the SDGs in their businesses, right? Right. That could be it. Yeah. Right. So you have already answered my next question, but uh, is, are there any other challenges that uh, you found uh, in a, like in SDG reporting that you missed out already? Yes, yes. Um, apart from that case example, I think um, we can um, look at the challenges of corporate SDG reporting in uh, from two different perspectives. One is the perspective of the corporations which I, you know, a little bit, you know, touched upon in my previous answer. But the second one, uh, and I think the most pressing one, uh, is the perspective of the SDGs itself and the challenges that arise from the SDGs that we see today. What I mean by that is that the latest United Nations SDG um, Sustainable Development uh, Report of this year shows us that the SDGs itself uh, are really, um, you know, being jeopardized because of the recent um, cascading challenges in the world that are climate change, um, conflicts, uh, economic, you know, crisis, uh, food shortages, energy shortages, rising inflation, rising so uh, social injustices, uh, COVID pandemic, these cascading problems, they all contributed and um, really made it difficult um, to, to, you know, realize SDG progress in the recent years. And this year's progress report shows us that years of progress on these goals are actually now, um, you know, reversed in majority. We really lost years of progress. Right. You know, the eradicating hunger getting worse. You know, uh, affordable and uh, clean energy getting worse. Um, education went really worse after COVID. Health, good and health. You know, good well, uh, good health and well-being. I'm not even going there. Climate change, regressing. We are right. regressing, regressing. Therefore, now the UN is voicing rescuing the SDGs, which is quite a grim picture, I think, because the SDGs are supposed to be the tool for us to do something to rescue the humanity, right? Now we need to rescue the SDGs. So it's, and the, you know, corporate uptake is, you know, just recently has taken off. This is really, really unfortunate, you know, results. And um, so what to do about it? So how can we rescue if that's the right way? Um, I don't like to use that term, actually, because to me, it's, it's an oxymoron, as I said. Uh, rescuing, a, you know, a rescuer tool, that doesn't make any sense to me. But we need to get back on track and we need to accelerate the SDGs. And for that, uh, the governmental efforts will, will definitely not be enough. We, we will so much investment and the corporations and civil society, everything needs to be on board to reverse this um, threat. So um, United Nations, of course, um, you know, um, so, you know prop are, are proposing um, several ways to tackle that. And one of them is uh, it really, I think, uh, worth um, highlighting. And that's the, um, you know, again, reporting side of things. 
the monitoring reports of STDs, right? So uh, it looks th uh, that um, there is still lack of uh, high quality and timely data to see where we are on STG progress and where we are heading. Um, so this is something very important. It, it won't be, you know, um, resolved by corporates alone. And, and it can't be, it won't be. It's the UN's, of course, uh, mandate and task, and also the government's, uh, governmental efforts, country's effort to bridge that gap of data, right? Right, right. And for that, there are, we now, um, you know, the, the, the leaders of this process are um, thinking and talking about some new and innovative ways of data gathering. Um, some of which are, you know, using AI, using big data, using social media, also, you know, um, utilizing geospatial data, um, you know, uh, satellite imaging, also non-traditional forms of data gathering, for example, citizen science and so on and so forth. Right. So innovation is also needed in SDG reporting worldwide. And that will, of course, will impact the corporate SDG reporting Absolutely. at the end of the day. But I also need to mention here to um, um, to um, high, stress something uh, that would be an important tool that is already in place, uh, which is the uh, uh, United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. They um, produced a guideline of core indicators for entities. IA corporations and companies to report their SDGs. So for them, there there is already a UN guidance that they can use, and there are already the core indicators that they could, you know, focus on uh, as a starting point, which provides them with the minimum standards for compliance on SDGs for them. So there are also there is a you know a, um, uh, you know um, a, a little you know, um, positive, uh, you know, news for them that they don't need to wait for that, you know, uh, new and improved SDG reporting process, right. which will take time. And UNCTAD has already provided them with some, you know, minimum standards on it. Great. Uh, as we are coming at to the end of this episode, is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners? Um, yes. Um, I believe that SDGs is really... Um, the pinnacle of an ambitious um, global agenda uh, for us to achieve sustainable tra sustainable transformations for all, leaving no one behind. And I really do truly believe in the value of it and the necessity to pursue it and achieve it uh, in its 2030 horizon. And I do believe that corporations are on the right track in their uptake of the SDGs. And there are a lot of ways, tools and guides uh, out there um, for them to use for free, open source, publicly available. Um, I can also share with you later some other links for from some other civil society organizations and European Union uh, institutions alike um, that they can use. Um, very quick SDG mapping tools, you know, SDG strategizing tools and so on and so forth. Uh, so that can, they can just, you know, kickstart their sustainability journey or improve and enhance if they have already 
done so. And also, I think my last uh, point is that um, the way we tackle wicked problems of today cannot, you know, be achievable or, you know, tackleable by working or trying our best in silos, in isolation. So we do need to adopt and shift towards the systems perspective. And the innovations we make for our businesses or policies, uh, every every challenge we face um, should pass through a systems innovation lens. Um, Therefore, I would like to, um, if I can, uh, promote promote my network a little bit, which is the Systems Innovation Network. It's a global community uh, for systems innovators. And we talk um, every area, areas of sustainability. And I'm um, currently happy to be leading the Copenhagen hub for this. Uh, your um, listeners, your audience, they're all very welcome. So check out the signnetwork.org and join one of plenty city hubs there or also um, thematic hubs. Thank you, Lele. That was a great note to end this episode. Uh, where can people find more about you online? Yes, um, they can find me online on LinkedIn, I think. That would be the easiest way. So my name is Lale Karayaka Lee. I don't need to spell it now. It's a very long name. So, <laughs> yeah. So my name that goes in your uh, podcast will be the name they should find me on LinkedIn. Sure. Perfect. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. If you found this conversation useful, please subscribe to Sustainability Scores podcast to join me again next time.